I'm Hannah. And I'm Katie. And this is... One Kiss Means Forever! This is the podcast where we go back to the early days of unwarranted antagonism and being co-owners of the same place that was left to you or that you bought from someone and having some uh, strange farm animal that you've inherited in the deal. And finding love, of course. Yeah, Um, you you can't leave that out. No, um, we just dived into some Hallmark Hallmarks and uh, across the universes, but I don't care because we are the podcast where we talk about your favorite made-for-TV romances, the kinds that you find all over the spectrum of entertainment places, but today, Hallmark. <laughs> all right. So as we sort of uh, alluded to last time, uh, we are doing a trilogy in March again. Uh, and we are going to do, I don't know, our, I think it's called the Vineyard Trilogy. Sure. I think we can call it that. Starting with Autumn in the Vineyard, um, which aired on October 8th, 2016. I realize that this is not really a time appropriate movie, but we don't care. <laughs> um, this is based on a book, which I have read. And I this is not about the book, so I'm not really going to go into it. But I do want to just shout out really quickly that Lisa over at Which Was Better did a great episode, which is the reason I read the book. And I've also read the other ones because this is book number three randomly in this series. So this is what Hallmark has to say about it because it does not match the book completely. When Frankie and Nate both have a claim to ownership of Sorrento Farm, they are forced to divide the vineyard right down the middle and work the fields alongside each other to bring in the harvest leading up to the best wine competition at the annual Autumn Harvest Festival. Only this rivalry won't be settled in the fields. And it stars Rachel Lee Cook and Brendan Penny. That just sounds so sexy. This rivalry won't be settled in the fields. Well, in the book, it's settled in the bedroom. Hey. Super sexy time. All right, let's get into it. Frankie Baldwin, played by Rachel Lee Cook, is a winemaker in a winemaking family, and she knows wine. Her brother might have left the family business, but Frankie is the one who loves it. But after her dad hires someone above her at Baldwin Farms, rather than trusting her and her dead mom's bestie, Glow, wants to sell her vineyard, Frankie takes the hint and goes for it, leaving Baldwin Farms for Sorrento and taking charge of her life. Frankie's high school boyfriend, Nate DeLuca, played by Brendan Penny, has returned to California wine country after getting a PhD in vineyarding i get that that's what i'm going with i think that's the term yeah, yeah sure right yeah uh he's also part of a winemaking family the delucas uh specifically the one with a rivalry against baldwin farms and he is looking to prove himself to his family and their business his he first signs on to judge the grape jelly competition with frankie where in an In an attempt to stop her from putting her own foot in her mouth, he kisses her to keep her quiet. Should have just said, shut up, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, Frankie is not pleased. And then he buys Sorrento Farms from Glozek's husband. So the question, dear listeners, is, did Frankie or Nate buy Sorrento? 
Well, it all depends on who got Sorrento in the divorce, so now it's a legal mess and the courts are going to have to decide. But we all know how long court things take. So in the meantime, if the grapes are not tended, they'll die and the land won't be worth as much and vineyarding is hard. So Frankie and Nate agree to split the grapes down the middle and tend to their own halves while they wait for a decision. But Hannah, Frankie's best friend, played by the incomparable Allie Liebert, tells her to stake her claim as much as possible and encourages her to move into the farmhouse. Nate, also looking to stake his claim, has the same idea. And since these two are not getting along, plus Nate claims the room with the real bed due to it being on his side of the house, Frankie gets petty and divides the house by north and south, meaning she has the kitchen and Nate has the bathroom, and living together is hard. (laughs) Just make everything the worst it could possibly be. They are also fighting over how to grow grapes. Frankie is old school, get your hands dirty, you know, land I know land kind of person. And Nate is PhD science boy with drones and chemicals. So they come to a decision. They won't work with the courts. Whoever has the better crop by weight at the end of harvest will win Sorrento and be the real owner. So at first, living together has its challenges. Frankie has a cot bed, which is not great. And Nate, who loves to cook, technically isn't supposed to be using the kitchen since it's on Frankie's side. Even though Frankie is a grab-and-go type of food person, so it doesn't really matter to her to have a kitchen. Frankie is showering at Hannah's in order to avoid giving Nate any kitchen privileges because they've decided on a one-bathroom, one-kitchen sort of system. So she's sticking it to the man, as it were. Um, But Nate does make good food and shares with her, and they both care about the town and the vineyard, and so... Little by little, the animosity starts to fade. But then their water pump breaks. Maybe it was just super old. Maybe Mittens the llama ate through it. Maybe Nate sabotaged it knowing Frankie couldn't afford a new one. When Nate buys a new one anyway, Frankie lets her doubt get the better of her and accuses Nate of doing something in order to have her in his debt. And when she finds out the DeLucas are courting the new hotshot wine broker, she gets extra upset because I guess I don't know exactly why she's super pissed about them doing business stuff, but whatever. We have a lot to talk about (laughs) with this whole thing. Okay, so there is a grape cutting competition Competition, competition, after competition. And both Nate and Frankie want to represent Sorrento in this grape-cutting competition. Uh, Originally, they planned to partner together, but after that huge fight we just told you about, that's not happening. It's Nate and his brother Marco against Frankie and Hannah, who happens to have her own love-hate relationship with Nate's brother Marco. Nate and Marco win, but only by seconds. Frankie has to admit that Nate is not that all that bad at vineyarding but Nate is also tired of their fighting so he decides to move out of the house he just can't take it anymore and then there's a fire in the hills in order to protect their vines Frankie goes to turn on the water but it's not working Nate shows up and they 
turn on the water by hand, running through the vines, getting all wet, you know, Hallmark version of wet t-shirt contesting. Um, The wind changes, which protects their vineyard, but they are both really glad that they had the other there to help and they didn't have to deal with any of this stuff alone. But the fire doesn't spare everyone. Half of Baldwin Farms is lost and Frankie is devastated. She offers to go back and help her father, but he's not really receptive to it. Uh, so she's sort of like, I don't know what to do. Neither do I, Frankie. Um, so Nate and Frankie harvest their grapes and they send them to be weighed and measured. And found lacking? Yes. <laughs> or found wanting, rather. Found wanting. <laughs> Thank you, Hannah. <laughs> That's staying in. Um, they send them to be weighed and measured by an independent broker to find out who wins Sorrento. But they're back to getting along at this point. So Frankie brings out this wine that she's been making um, by herself in secret for the last five years. And Nate is floored. It's fantastic. When Frankie enters it into a wine competition and Marco makes a comment about how it's probably bad, Nate instantly comes to her defense, claiming that he knows that she's going to win. And guess what? She does. But it is at the wine celebration that Frankie learns of her father's financial troubles. It's his reason for hiring someone over her and his reason for panic over the fire. It's basically his reason for everything. So Frankie, being the family-oriented person she is, credits her wine back to Baldwin Farms and tries to give Sorrento to Nate and just sort of like be like, I'll be a Baldwin. Once a Baldwin, always a Baldwin. You're such a Baldwin. But her father won't have it. He is proud of her and insists that Frankie's win belongs to Sorrento. Even though I think it's his grapes. Whatever. Um, But he's proud of Frankie following her own dreams. He has come to a different agreement with an investor who Frankie correctly assumes is Nate. um, And he's not allowing her to return to Baldwin. She is Sorrento through and through. When she thanks Nate, he waves it off as just a good thing to do, even though they both know he did it because he loves her. He has the results of who won Sorrento by the grape weight competition. But at this point, they don't need to open it because even without words, they know that they're running it together. So they kiss. And since one One kiss kiss means forever, forever, we'll continue their forever story in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Like we said, this is a trilogy, friends. Yes. Um. So I just want to say, like I said at, at the beginning, I have read most of this series. It's a it's five books and then a spinoff additional three books. Wow. And I've read four and two, respectively. I'm missing two books total. And they all follow either a – It's they're not Baldwin the books. They're bed. Oh, I can do this. I looked it up. It's Bedois. 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 It's spelled B-A-U-D-O-I-N. Uh, but so it's those siblings and the Delucas. It, uh, obviously, not really the same as in this movie, but 
I kind of have some ideas of what happened before and after to them. Okay. <laughs> Even though that's not actually true because the characters are not correct. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. But I think I want to start because I know the answer, but it's only from the book and it doesn't match the movie. And so I get very confused. Why are the families fighting? I have no idea. Competition? I don't know. But it seems more than competition, doesn't it? Like, didn't they call themselves like the Romeo and Juliet of wine country or something along those lines? I mean, they did. They joked about it, about like when they were together in high school. They were like, we were the Romeo and Juliet of, of wine country. And I get the impression that... Lady DeLuca and Mr. Baldwin have either history or an attraction to each other. At least that's what I got from their um, yeah, I, which which I agree, and that's sort of true in the books. Really heavily asterisks because it's not their parents. <laughs> Oh. Everybody's parents are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Their parents are dead. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the the DeLuca books are real hardcore. Mom and dad are dead and life is hard. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, But uh, not, not important. Um, But, yeah, it it is a, like, I loved you and you betrayed me situation, sort of. Wow. But it's, like, really hardcore, like, we don't talk to these people feud in the book. Whereas this was not that bad, but also, like, I couldn't figure out exactly why they were in a feud at all. Because it's fun and it's cute. I have no idea. I also don't understand, and maybe there's something about this in the book that you can help me out with. Nate and the DeLucas seem to feel like a lot more well off than the Baldwins. Like Nate seems to be able to afford more things, even though he's obtained multiple degrees. So you'd think that he'd have a lot of student loan debt. But it, but the way that both families are presented is that they are equally as successful in making wines. So I'm not really sure why one would be more affluent than the other. Um, I can't act, answer that to a point. Um, they are equally successful, and this is according to the books, obviously. They're equally successful in making quality wine, but DeLuca has been much, much more successful in selling it oh. and doing all these big partnerships, like grocery store partnerships, and getting their bottles out there. I so see. they actually are significantly more wealthy. So really, Frankie should have gone for her MBA. Yeah, except she, that was not her thing anyway. Well, so. Whose thing is it really? Yeah, well, but like, they all, that's the other thing, is that the DeLucas are five siblings, all of whom are at least in some capacity associated with the wine business. Mm-hmm. And Frankie is one of four and she's the only one who sticks around in the wine business. Okay. Um, so there is also that aspect of just like 
you know, multiple people, you know, like Nate's brothers are like flying around the world, like brokering deals. Nobody's doing that for the Baldwins. True. True, true, true. Um, Okay. That does clear up some things for me. Yeah. Like that's sort of, I mean, it's obviously not quite done into the movie plot, but that's if if we're going to go with that. Um, this is something that bothers me and it bothers me in the book. It bothers me in the movie and I can't figure it out because they don't tell me the answer. <laughs> when they get together at the end, who bought Sorrento and, or did they double pay for this property? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And it bothers me so much that, like, why wouldn't you just open it and laugh about it? And then, like, I, I mean, at this point, I'm there, whatever. I don't know. Maybe the courts will decide that they didn't necessarily double pay because Frankie only put down a down payment. So whatever her down payment might just add to what they've paid off so I far. I cannot imagine that Nate didn't just put down a down payment as well right. because okay i i actually like sort of know the numbers from the book because th- that's the other thing is in the book that there's actually a discrepancy about how much they because frankie pays or it like buys it for a, like a million dollars and nate pays something like seven million dollars Wow. Like, it's actually, like, a shockingly large difference in the amount that they pay for the land. And it's closer to what the, – the worth is closer to what Frankie pays. Um, so Nate's for, just a big baller? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, it's also, big. like, a whole there, – there's a whole other part to why he paid that much, blah, blah, blah. But that – which is unimportant in the movie. But – in theory, even even if it turns out that Nate is the, you know, legal owner or whatever, then Frankie should get her deposit back or, yeah, you know, like somebody should be getting money back from somebody at some point. And I and I and I hope it's not whatever his name is in Costa Rica gets the money, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I hope so, too, because he sex balls, yeah. even though we never meet him. We're talking about Glow's husband, who has skedaddled and somehow can sell the vineyard, even though it's not his. Well, we maybe think. it is. It's unclear in the divorce proceedings. That's the whole thing. True. Um, so whose grapes is it? How can she claim... I, Okay, I, that's my biggest question about this wine is she has just purchased Sorrento, but she has been making this wine in secret for five years. And I'm presuming that unless she was using Glow's grapes, which is possible, that she was using her dad's wines from like dad's grapes from Baldwin. So for her to claim that the wine was Sorrento's in the first place is bizarre to me because... If it's not made clear that she's using those grapes, then how in any way, shape, or form was it not Baldwin's to begin with? Again, going back to the book, she does – she actually buys grapes from somebody else and has a off-site, like, barn or something that she's been making this in. This is a complete secret that her 
family knows nothing about. Okay. So, like, she it, it is not Baldwin. It is, like, it's very clearly not Baldwin. It's not really Sorrento's either, but if Sorrento is her, then it sort of is. Okay. Um, But that leads me a little bit into these wines. The okay, I have this. This is true of Frankie's wine. This is true of Baldwin Farms and Deluca wines. These wine bottles, their labels are so boring. <laughs> as as a as someone who enjoys their wine, I hundred percent buy based on label. <laughs> Absolutely. You better you, show me a pretty picture. <laughs> you judge a wine by its cover. You you surely do. Like, if I can't decide between three different $11 Sauvignon Blancs, I'm choosing the one that has the pretty label. A hundred percent. Like, her – so, first of all, in the book, her wine actually has a name. It's called Red Steel, which is way better than FB, which, Beyonce like, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> Done in like block printed letter, like it's so on like oh, it's so boring. It's making me think, and I just thought of this, so I'm gonna say this isn't across the universe, but whatever. But it's making I think me. I think. know where you're going. <laughs> yes, and is I'm sorry. Did, was this an across the universe for you? I didn't put it down, but I I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. So between. FB and YN from Chateau Moreau, we are starting a periodic table of wines. <laughs> <laughs> just they're so stupid. Because like Deluca is also just called Deluca, which like fine. Like it's I don't have a problem with the name of Deluca. I have a problem with the name FB. That's dumb. Yeah. But Deluca, fine. Like it's just, m- like Mandavi like, or you know r- right. Just like get a font. Like, what are they? (laughs) It's so boring. Like, it's the laziest graphic design. Oh my God. (laughs) Like, Baldwin Farms at least has like a little teeny tiny picture, but like, it's like clip art. Hannah, if you were to have your own wine label, what would be on the label? Um, I don't know. I feel like I would want to go something really weird. Cool. Like I would like I, something that doesn't make a lot of sense. Probably an animal of some kind. I don't know what came, but just sprung to mind was a turtle. I don't yes. know why. Yes. First answer, best answer. <laughs> Always a turtle, Hannah. Just, Obviously, just, mine would have some sort of chandelier on it, some kind of like Art Nouveau, I think. But then I'm also with the weird thing. I love it when there's something unexpected. So it'd be like this really elegant label, but then like a, like, I don't know. I'm thinking like a, a duck in rain boots or something that's just yeah. like super cartoony around this whole elegant background. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Right. It just like make me stop and like look at your label because that's what's going to make me buy it. Perfect. Okay. We're on the same page. Yeah. Whereas, because also uh, I should say the DeLuca doesn't even say DeLuca. It's just a D. D. (laughs) Gotta go get that D. In the same font as the FB from Frankie Baldwin. Again, (laughs) 
lazy as fuck graphic design. They just spent all of their label money for this movie on the llama. Like, that's it. <laughs> okay. Should we talk about the llama? Let's talk about mittens. Mittens. I love mittens. Book mittens is significantly better. Okay. I will say. Okay. Because book mittens is one, an alpaca, which is more logical because they actually give a reason why he's there as opposed to, oh, yeah, I sold you this farm. I didn't tell you you came with a pet. <laughs> <laughs> do, do the alpacas like eat like dead leaves or something off the vines? Well, or? It, no, it was just like he was – they had a herd at this vineyard for a while um, and then – they got divorced, so they packed up the herd to like move to like an alpaca farm. But Mittens was like, "Fuck no, I'm not going." <laughs> like got away, and it was like, "I stay, I live here. <laughs> this is my home. This is my home." And so they like keep trying to like get him to this alpaca farm, and he's like, "No, I live here." It's like, "Stop it!" And so then they they bond, and then he's basically like a therapy baby, Aww. and you know, it, it comes to a point where like. Nate builds him a little house and Frankie brushes his hair at night and sings him songs to go to sleep. And, and then they get more. And then, you know, this, uh, after the end of the book, but they get more and then they have babies. And it's like that one of the books, like about one of Frankie's brothers, she ends up like getting really mad at her brother for not not getting a good enough present for blanket his alpaca nephew <laughs> for his first birthday. Aww, that's cute. Yeah, she gets really into like that's the other thing. So Frank book Frankie is like badass. Like a biker chick badass kind of hell yeah. You know, like tough as nails kind of thing. I don't get that from Frankie Baldwin. Like, I don't get that from Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah, I get that. I, I can see that. I feel like now that you say it, there's echoes of it, but it's not overt. Like, she has some pretty kick-ass costume choices that would make make, make me believe that she's a pretty hip chick. But... Yeah, I mean, I think she's she's strong. I wouldn't get, go that far. But, like, like, when you first meet Frankie, like – People are legitimately scared of her. And, like, she doesn't have a lot of friends because, like, she's sort of off-putting in that way. Like, she's too intimidating for people. That's cool. Yeah, you know, like, Frankie. And she's, like, you know, and she she's a little tomboy-esque in that, like, you know, she, like, her friend, she, she I mean, she doesn't have zero friends. She has some friends. So, like, when one has a baby, she's, like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh-oh, what do you do with this thing? I'm worried about it. You know, like, she doesn't have that, you know, she grew up, she's a, the only girl in a family of brothers, and she's, and her mother dies when she's pretty young, and her she's raised by her father, who then dies, and then her grandfather. You know, like, she just doesn't have very many female role models or gotcha. influences. So she's... She's just harder. Does she have a Hannah in the book? She does not have a Hannah. Uh, she has a Lexi, 
I um who else? Uh, Alexi and a Reagan. Um, and Reagan is like her best friend, but she's also like pretty friendly with Lexi. Gotcha. Um, but Reagan is is the oldest Deluca brother's wife, and Lexi is Marco's wife. <laughs> Well, I guess the reason I ask is because, like, I have a note that questioned Allie Liebert's costume choices because they dress her like a 50s housewife most of the yes, time. Yes, they do. They and do, and it's very strange. It is It is very strange um, and a little, like, yeah, out, out of – out of time, out of context, that's the style. So I was wondering if, if Hannah, if there was a Hannah in the book that would have been, that would have been a very um, appropriate foil for biker chick, tough as nails, Frankie. But um, so I will admit that the one of the books I haven't read is is Reagan's. Um, so I don't really know much about her. Gotcha. Other than she is there and their friends. Um, so maybe she's a little bit more that I cool. can see that being true. Um, definitely she and Lexi are much more like feminine in that way. I only have one more. Yeah, go little ahead. Thing. Um, just right at the end of the movie, Nate does this thing that I thought to myself that you would appreciate or maybe think similarly where he basically is Mr. Darcy in this movie. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) I had that. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, Hannah. Thank you. That's that's exactly what's happening for sure. All right. Great. Great. Following. we're, We're on the same page. Just in case anyone listening isn't on the same page, um, we're referring to the fact that Nate um, anonymously steps in and, like, saves the the day and, like, just like Mr. Darcy, uh, anonymously swoops in and makes Wickham marry Lydia. But but also, like, kind of says right at the end, like, you know I just did it for you. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I did it because I love you. Yeah. Yes, it was the right thing to do because they both felt kind of responsible, but – Yes, that was definitely a Darcy move. Thank yeah. you for being in my brain. You're, you're very welcome. Good it's, job. It, it's 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 the same place as my brain. We're in the same thing. We have the same brain space. Yes, we do. All right. Should we head into Hallmark Hallmarks? Yes, we shall. Let's do it. All right. Uh, so we have somewhat unwarranted antagonism <laughs> for sure they used to be a thing in high school mm-hmm. uh mom is dead and life is hard for frankie yes they come from feuding families money is no object even if money is a plot point <laughs> <laughs> nice marco <laughs> we have someone named marco which I think is so funny because in the books, his name is Marco, but everybody just calls him Mark. That's amazing. <laughs> um, wow. So uh, my next one was, it's a small town where everyone knows where people are at all times and can go ambush them on their personal time to do work things. <laughs> yes. I had some sort of food judging because they oh, were judging yeah. grape jelly. 
Uh, I had a festival. That was my next one, too. A festival. Uh, kissing someone to distract them from something else. Yeah. Which happens. Yeah. Um, unexplained heroism. Oh. Which is what I called his Mr. Darcy escapades. Okay, I have a few more. Go for it. I'm sorry. Um, passed over for the job you expected to get uh, with the, the winery sure. thing. Art versus science. <laughs> Which happens a lot. Um, we own the same property now? Yeah. Um, suppressing Don't worry a true about talent. The legality. Uh, yeah, the, all that legality. Um, I said uh, winemaking was suppressing a true talent. Mm, um, I like that. And my last one, well, I have impending disaster is averted, which is like cool. But my last one is when the romance is starting, someone says, what are we doing? (laughs) Oh, that's so stupid. And yes, they totally do. (laughs) I had hoped you'd appreciate that one. I do. I very much do. Awesome Hallmark Um, Hallmarks. Pretty parade. I have uh I have one and I have an anti. Okay. Um so I just had a neutral. I had a noticed. Okay. <laughs> that for probably like eighty-five percent of the scenes, Rachel Lee Cook is in some kind of like wine color. <laughs> oh, that's a really she's, great observation. She is wearing so much like maroony type color. I, I genuinely would call the color wine. Yeah, you're <laughs> speaking of which. <laughs> that's a better. That's a better thing. Thank you for giving me that word because I use purple slash burgundy. Um, but wine is a better color because I really love um the wine colored shirt dress and the little booties that she has on for. It's cute. It's super yeah. cute and definitely of. 2016 um that was definitely a style that i still covet um but i really did not like the dress that she wears to the dance at the end um because it was it was like this dark almost like greenish lace but it was more like black i don't know it was kind of hard to see but it was so short and i feel like rachelie kick rachelie cook has a terrific body and but you know but she's still a woman of a certain age and a a woman of a certain age should just not wear a dress that looks that is a line and that short. It just makes you look infantile, and it's yeah, not good. I hear that. Yeah, I hear so that. that was mine. Uh, did you have any across the universe that we have not discussed yet? No, my across the universe was the all my heart um, uh, overlap where they inherit an animal and a property somehow. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, and of course the FBYN. Yes. Um, new and noteworthy? I think you're going to laugh at me. I'm excited. But I thought it was noteworthy that they had a live piano player during the wine tasting. Like, oh. I loved that touch. Like they had yeah. a pianist behind them playing live music while they were while the judges were tasting the wine, and I loved it. Well, it's because they did it clearly in a elementary school auditorium. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> How about you? I didn't have any that I wrote down, but I also can't tell if this, you know, I will say 
having seen this movie a few times and read the book, I like I'm they're all a little jumbled in my head. Okay. I think as we go on and things divert from the book and I haven't seen the second and third one as often, I might have more structured things. This makes perfect sense. How about a supporting shout out? Mittens. Aw, yay. Obviously. Um, I always want to shout out Allie Liebert. Sure. But I also want to shout out this white dude in glasses that was dancing and the background of the dance who was doing the whitest dance with such enthusiasm. Um, he was great. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah. I, I that I missed. So cool. It's when she just gets the news from her dad. There's this guy behind her just like rocking out. And <laughs> it was great. Kiss meter kiss meter we have two kisses we do um this was i feel like right early on the like oh there's two kisses in this movie yeah especially since kiss number one comes in like the first act yeah um i mean we're talking about the interrupting interrupting kiss the yeah i called it the jelly kiss the jelly kiss very good I gave it a six because ultimately it was actually a pretty good kiss, but in the context, it was pretty abrupt and awkward and I didn't like it. And I do not understand how you would kiss someone to shut them up or distract them from something else. I've never been in this situation, nor do I ever expect to be. No. Also, like when he had to grab her hand, her head anyway to do it, just just put her hand over her mouth. Yeah. Um, I also gave it a six because I said it was non-consensual and he could have just said to shut her up, but she also didn't fight him on it and it didn't look unpleasant. Very good. Yeah. Um, for kiss two, I gave it a 6.5. Um, I didn't want to go too much higher because I felt like they were really working hard to make it a good kiss. But it didn't really come to pass. I know that doesn't, I don't know how best to describe it, but I could tell they were acting, like trying to make it soft and yet passionate, but it never got there. And then he kisses her on the head and you know, we both feel the same way about that. So So I gave this a (laughs) 6.2. Okay. Uh, It started higher as they seemed desperate to kiss and I was there for that for like the desperation of it uh but the kiss on the forehead just plummeted the score <laughs> like it just, just like it's like if you i mean i realize that boners don't really work this way but it just felt like it went <laughs> <laughs> they work that way now <laughs> with the sound effects obviously <laughs> Obviously, that's how lady boners work, especially in this moment. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> so, Katie, would you watch this movie? Would you suggest others do so? Um, you know, sure. It's pretty cute. Um, it's your average winemaking movie. It has so many plot holes and so many weird little cut to scenes that don't really make sense. Like. There's a whole scene about her going to get the crime scene tape from her cop brother that lasts about 15 seconds and then you see it. And it's just like, I don't know. There's like a lot of little scenes like that. So it was weird. 
Um, but mostly, it was palatable. Ha ha. Pun intended. How about you, Hannah? Um, I also said, you know, sure. I don't really have a, a lot of issues with the movie. Um, that being said, now that I've read the books and, you know, have gone into that world, I just want the book and I don't care about the movie really at all and just sort of like but I want to read more of these please and I'm a little annoyed at my library for not having two of these books (laughs) and I I guess I'm going to have to either do a Kindle Unlimited trial or buy them (laughs) hey that's fair I will say that like when we were planning on doing this trilogy, I was like, you know, Hannah, I've never seen any of the Vineyard movies. And then I watched it and I go, yeah, I think I've seen every single one of those scenes at some point. <laughs> but it's, I think it's kind of forgettable. Yeah. Yeah. There's, you know, I guess it's like, I don't know who else I would have cast in this movie to be more like the book to me. I don't have a better hallmark cast yeah that being said i they weren't quite the characters that i envisioned Hmm. and and like all i can say is like the movie's cute enough sure the books are great like if you like they're just fun and well done and you know like for a good like romance novel that is like a little you know like on the higher quality end of romance novels okay you know where where it's like actually you're like oh you know a bot didn't write this or something (laughs) (laughs) you know it's not somebody who like clearly produces you know a new book every like two weeks fair enough yeah you know like this this probably came out like over the span of like a number of years so awesome cool um so Everybody should check out which was better about this uh, this book and movie. Lisa agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but thank you for going on this journey with us so far. Make sure that you're following us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. One kiss means forever, where one and the four are numerals. We try our best to live tweet the movies as or the new movies on Hallmark as much as we can. Not every week. We're not promising that. Especially this month. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But um, uh, you can always email us and um, send us your favorite pictures of wine labels um, at onekissmeansforever at gmail.com. And that's all spelled out as it is on our logo. And if you feel like throwing us a couple bucks bucks to buy a a box of wine, um, we we have a link to our coffee uh, in the episode notes. And thank you, as always, to Flint Pastors for our intro-outro music. His stuff's on Apple Music, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Um, we'll see you in a couple weeks for more wine. More wine, please. Wine, 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 wine. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.